all you crazy cats and kittens, Steve, when Geeks Glide, we're finally here. The big hype, it's just like the movie. Absolutely. It's been hyped so much, and it's not going to live up to the hype. Only unlike the movie, we didn't fast track this episode. Yes. Uh, we're here from the page to the screen. We're going to complete the Burton slash Schumacher Batman movies today with the 1997 lackluster performance at the box office. It still made a well, lot we'll of talk about it still that. made yeah. a lot of money, yeah, but they were thinking it was gonna make a lot more. Exactly. That's the problem. Uh, uh Batman and Robin. Uh, Steve here as always, joined once again by Jeff Smith. When you got a big episode, yeah. <laughs> you bring on a big guest. If there's a movie about Batman and there's main female characters Jeff is going to want to be part of it. Uh, absolutely, and not just that. What I'll just start right off the bat with, like, you talk about Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer. No, it was Poison Ivy, legendary performance, the best of the whole movie by Uma Thurman. This has even been said in several reviews. Everything else gets shit on except for her performance. Uh... I modeled so much of myself or my antics around certain things that she does or says in this. Uh, even Uma Thurma, uh, Poison Ivy-ish things I wanted to adapt into uh, my wrestling character, into promos. I, I could get into that. I don't remember you doing later. any of that. No, because I never, I never did, but I always had ideas to do that. But I'll, I'll come back to this later on. I think because it's too early to, to talk about that shit. So here we are. It was it was big time. Batman Forever. If you all heard that wonderful episode, talking. First of all, that episode's got more listens than any other from the page to the screens. Yep, it beat you. Well, I think it was one of those so bad it's good. Oh yeah, it's uh, a train wreck. Tra it's a train wreck. <laughs> That's why I I, I sold that episode on being a train It's just, I wanted to talk so no much about that movie. No way did it beat Batman Returns for you. It did. did it? it did. Oh, this one's gonna smoke that. We're uh, gonna even top it, because this is it. This is the finale. Just, the finale. I just want to make something perfectly clear. Everyone hates this movie. Except me. And clearly you. You're <laughs> very excited for it. This movie is my like, ultimate guilty pleasure. Not just viewing the movie, collecting stuff. I have, and and this is like later years after, like way yeah. after, like twenty years after the movie came out. I bought beach towels. Oh yeah, that's I on bought, my list. Of I merch. bought these cups you have here. Yeah, I'm still trying to piece together every every character in their single like figure release. We'll get to that when we talk about yeah. the toys, but. I will admit, this was probably the first movie I ever went to see in theaters. There was two that summer. It was this one and Spawn that I was so excited for and literally felt like someone had punched me right in the gut and knocked the wind out of me. I was just like, oh, that really wasn't that good. But over time, I really started to love a lot about this movie. Yeah, I just rewatched it this morning. Yeah. I waited till today, even though we've known about this for weeks in prep. And I watched the VHS version this morning. It's awesome. 
Um, and Spawn was awesome too. I loved the Spawn. In fact, I didn't care about Spawn at all until that movie was announced, and then the toys and Silver Snail and Ottawa. I got the toys, and that got me into Spawn. What little Spawn I got into, it was the movie. Spawn purists right now are like, get this guy off the air. <laughs> and they're going to be saying that a lot listening to this episode. <laughs> Actually, with this episode, with the just the fast forward to Spawn, uh, when I message Kurt, Scotty, Antihero SOS, whatever the frick his name is now, uh, I, I said, what's one comic book movie you really like that we could talk about? He said Spawn. Wow. So, coming soon. It's going to be Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis Sturrock. I'm talking about Spawn. So, yes. Cool. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, we all know Batman Forever did insanely well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right away we use the term fast-tracking. So, needless to say, they fast-tracked the shit out of this movie to yeah, get it. because they were doing, like, three-year gaps. This was, like... Yeah. Two years to get it ready. So Akiva, Akiva Goldsman, uh, stayed with Joel Schumacher, who actually wrote movies that have won Academy Awards. Just like, yeah, I think the writing, you know, uh, there's hits and, and misses, but and I mean he knew his stuff. I'll use one example of that later on with one of the characters, um, you know, and they put this into plan. It sh it didn't shoot until September 1996. Uh, which actually, in reviewing that, because I thought it shot earlier, like it took longer than it did. They actually finished two weeks earlier. Um, so it was September 96 to 1997 that they shot it, principal photography. And talking about casting and rumors, because I remember a lot, even in that summer of Batman Forever and carrying through into 96, a lot of different hype and talk and this was as far back that they were talking you probably remember this about Howard Stern being Scarecrow yeah which would have been awful yeah and they uh, and we're gonna get to Scarecrow in a little bit because he's in this movie no he's not ah we're gonna get to that he's really not but okay <laughs> he's not but Jonathan Crane is as who as Jonathan Crane we're, we're <laughs> When is Jonathan Crane in this movie? It's a it's a cameo. By, Not at all. By somebody. And it's it's there, and the character's Jonathan Crane, and he was coming back for the next movie. I have no idea. He's one of the only about, cast members outside of the top three that were coming back. Speaking of top billing, this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger did get top billing. So only Jack Nicholson and Arnold Schwarzenegger got top billing. Does over that surprise you? No, but uh, I thought last George one, Clooney was a said, TV star. We said oh. that the all the Batman's seven yeah. Keaton in the first got I think top I, billing. Yeah, no. So yeah, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger got top billing. Twenty-five million dollars he got paid for this movie. Wow. George Clooney estimated, I believe, it was only ten million. Oh, really? It's pretty good for uh, you know a TV star. Well, it worked with his schedule because they shot it on the uh, Warner lot, and however it worked out, he was still doing ER, so it didn't conflict yeah, with that. It's pretty good for a, a TV star at the time. But it was conflict of shooting, one of the said reasons that Val Kilmer was not available. He was set to come back, but he was doing The Saint, and scheduling conflicts. Joel Schumacher later referred more to working difficulties with him and that he didn't want him back, 
but apparently it was just scheduling and he was doing the same. I think Val Kilmer is Batman in this movie. It's not much better. It would have been. I but don't hate Val Kilmer because they said George Clooney would be a more light-hearted uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne, which he is. And I, I mean, hi, freeze. He's probably my. I'm Batman. Least favorite. You know, but he's he's okay with this. I know one major one. I did not know this. This would have been weird to me. Anthony Hopkins considered for Mr. Freeze. I I could see it. Um, Ed Harris as well. Oh, thank God. I can't I can't stand that guy. Now can you imagine we just watched that movie, what's the at Kurtz? Remember the The Rock? Yeah. And he was in that one. Yeah. One so, of the few movies I actually can watch with him in it that I don't want to change the channel every time he's on the screen. But they actually uh, they actually got Schwarzenegger and then they modified the Mr. Freeze outfit because Schumacher wanted him like a walking glacier. And the costume weighed in at 75 pounds and uh, it took like around 11 people, a team of 11 people. Man, that many people to put Arnold's stunt double into the thing? That's crazy. <laughs> no, he was in it. Oh, my God. Are you, are you serious right now? Yeah, he did. He do, did you watch the rest, do you watch the commentary? No, I didn't watch it with the commentary. Not the he commentary. Some of the there's stuff in there's it. A, an interview with Chris O'Donnell, and he goes, You know, I noticed I'm in a lot of scenes with Mr. Freeze. But I never filmed one day with Arnold no, Schwarzenegger. No, yeah, no, they never, and I have that in my notes, they never did a scene together. It was stunts and, and fill in. Yes, that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger is. He only does, like, but this up is, close stuff. He yeah. doesn't He doesn't do anything. And this is, this is what I love the guy $25 million dollars to, to and, butcher his dialogue. And he had a strict 12-hour limit a day written into his contract. No more than 12 hours on set. And you guys wonder why I'm so particular when I do anything with you guys. It's because I hear stuff like this, and it's like, if they can get it, I can do my... No, you can't get it. <laughs> let's, let's, I'm limiting my time to doing let, this one right now. Let's let you make us billions of dollars, and then you can dictate any single thing you want. Well, Until I did, that point, I did get you listenership and viewership, so that's why I dictated. Yeah, but my crappy today. Batman Forever episode is killing it. <laughs> Every day I go on and someone's listening to that. It's like, bro, that's a fluke. People that's are like, a... people are like, hey, you gotta listen to this guy. He goes to talk about Batman Forever <laughs> and just gets totally sidetracked. But uh, yeah. But any other interesting facts about oh, people getting paid? Page and a half. No, not salary wise. I want to know what Chris O'Donnell got for this. Yeah, I have no idea. I bet you he made a cool two million dollars. Do you like Chris O'Donnell as well? I, I do. Him. You hate him. I hate him. Hate too, him. Too old. Too old. Too old. He's too old to play Robin. Even at that time, he was like thirty years old. You could have got. You could have been okay with this. Think of that time, and actors in Hollywood. That were like well, really good actors, like 16 and were young. And but no, he's supposed he saw, to be he like a what, college like, student. Yeah, well, he was what twenty one, twenty two. He'd say that around that because even they go, "How about I want to be your sidekick? I need a name." And then in Batman Forever, and then uh, Val Kilmer goes, "How about Dick Grayson, college student?" So he's oh, like yes, that okay. age. 
But I don't know if you're familiar with an actor named Brad Renthrow. Sounds familiar. He died. He was in movies. When he was a child actor, he was really good. I think he would have been a good Robin. Because he wasn't a child actor at the time. He was getting older at Speaking that point. of child actors who died, who appeared in this movie... Uh, where did I write it? Corey Haim. Corey Haim? Was yes, in, he was, he was a biker gang member. When uh, Barbara takes off and it, it shows him. I remember it. He's there. It's Corey Haim. Corey Haim? Do you know who is the guy from... That like racist her is like hey you you want to make a side bet? Well, Nikki Cat. That's who yeah, it is. Nikki Cat, who yeah. I knew from Boston Public, and he I didn't on, know him personally. I meant I was familiar with him. And from he was on he Batman was, Forever as well. He was also a gang character in that. But in uh, I know him from an episode of Friends where him and another guy bully Chandler and Ross, and I know him from the movie The Boiler Room, and yes, he's, he's, the, the, Boiler he's Room. the bully from Dazed and Confused. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I have got... Coolio. Coolio makes an appearance. Okay. I'll come back to Coolio. Do you know who Coolio is? Who's he playing? Jonathan Crane. No, he's not. Apparently. Apparently... Where'd you, where'd you hear Johnny that? The I had two different sources that said Jonathan Crane and Coolio, along with Clooney, Silverstone, and Chris O'Donnell, were set to come back in Batman 5. And Coolio also stated this in an interview. Well, thank God that never happened. <laughs> that is awful. That, that is been God weird. awful. And see, you thought you knew everything about this. That's awful. No, I, I didn't I, get the novelization, sick. which also sick. has additional material. I feel sick. It. So maybe he is mentioned as Jonathan Crane in the novel. I'd have to find the spot. Because the novel does have some different stuff. One major one, which I will get to when we're talking about other characters. Bane? Uh, no, Bane's obviously in it. Do you know who is in it? There is another villain in the movie. But you probably don't know, because you're probably not a DC guy. Well, I love DC more than Marvel, but I'm not... Do you know who the Floronic Man is? Well, yeah, I'll get to that. That The fact that Jason uh, John Glover played Jason Woodrow, the Floronic Man, who first appeared not in Batman, but in The Flash in 1976. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Got that. Well, good for you, Jeff. You're a geek. <laughs> Welcome to Wing Geeks Collide. Uh, now, we want to talk about somebody who appears, who was... Uh, hot off a summer blockbuster in 96 and she appears for literally like one minute of screen time and that would be Vivica A. Fox as Vivica A. Fox yeah. Vivica I always said Vivica. Vivica Vivica as Ms. B. Haven which sounds like something out of the 80s cops animated series talk about your cold shoulder but see another great line you know which I would catch but uh, so many great poison ivy lines but here's why I was excited for Poison Ivy. I didn't know who Uma Thurman was. When I did, then I watched a great movie called Final Analysis. Okay. She was also in one called The Truth About Cats and Dogs or something like yeah. that. Secret Life of Cats and Dogs. Truth About Cats and Dogs. Yeah. Truth About, okay. She's like a radio show host? Yeah. Yeah. But, and this was a big one for me because you, I believe you know I'm a fan of this actress, big time. Uh, well, both of them. Sharon Stone was considered, but the one I remember hearing... Um, CH channel before it was CH used to have this movie show on 
in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And they would talk about casting a movie. Real news. to real? Was that it? It no. might have been. It's, I remember I saw like Halloween H2O stuff on it. Uh, my first uh, intro to like even knowing about Evil Dead movies were, were mentioned on that. They did a retro. but And I still would have loved this, but I think it would have worked in a much darker film. Demi Moore. Oh. Was set to be uh, talked about Poison. Yeah, and I remember she, her she even in an interview. That's why I was excited. I was like, yes. She could have been good. Yeah. I always heard uh, Julia Roberts, too. Yeah. Yeah, she was here in my notes. I wouldn't have liked that so much. I don't think. She wouldn't have handed up. No. She'd be a good joker, though. <laughs> but. That's a joke because she's got a big mouth. Okay. Uh, obviously, parts of the plot inspired by uh, the Batman animated series episode, Heart of Ice. Well, the backstory is... Yeah. Um, which we know. And all the cast in this, I tried to learn, like, I had to cast a magazine, but I'll get into that. Here was something huge. You know, we talk about horror fans. Do you know who was Joel Schumacher's first choice to play Bane? This would be mind-blowing. And give it a whole different spin and have a have a fan base for sure. But Jeep Swenson was six four, and that's why he got the part. Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder. Yeah, he would have been good. Kane Hodder in the nineties. Yes, he's he would have been like, He's a miserable prick. You don't like Kane Hodder? <laughs> no, but you got to do Jason X. So you should be happy. there. You go. <laughs> there you go. Chris O'Donnell, though, you talked about him. He did not enjoy doing this movie as much as Batman Forever because it felt like they were shooting more of a kid's commercial. Toy commercial, yeah. Yeah, and his, his um, costume wasn't as comfortable as well, especially with the, they glue the, the face mask piece. Well, yeah. And John Glover also backed this up, said he had difficulty performing because Schumacher would repeatedly, just before they tell action, say, remember, we're just shooting a cartoon. Yeah. And it was, John Glover's really good. Like, I like a lot of material. Like, he remember, does. this is a beeping comic book. <laughs> you know what I did like about this one, though? And yes, there's CGI elements, but there are still a lot of practical visual effects. Oh, and set yeah. Pieces Let's in talk this about movie. some of those uh, icicles. Those are pretty good. Those are awesome. They're god awful. But they're God all prosthe- they're real pieces. That's why I like it was yeah, tangible, it doesn't real like pieces, ice. real props. The breaking apart of the dinosaur, all that stuff was real shit right there. What killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. You'd love it. I I, I told you it's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> who else cameoed in this movie? Uh, who else you got? Uh, the future governor of Minnesota. Ah, uh, yes. Just the body. Also killed by killed Poison, by Ivy, Poison Ivy. Ivy in the movie. That's the right. other guard was Ralph Moeller, another bar- bodybuilder. I wonder who that was. Who actually played Conan on the Conan live-action television show. Really? Yeah. See, so you've got your notes, too. Yeah, I told you. I didn't need to write notes. I've seen this movie a hundred times. I know, but <laughs> I'm almost 37, so I have to write it down now. I get your memory. I get in the head a lot too. Anyway, the budget on this, because you were talking about box office, the budget was 160 million. Yeah. And the total box office take worldwide, this is why it's considered a failure, 238.2 yeah, million. So for a summer blockbuster, much. it did not rank. It was the only Batman movie not to rank number one as a summer blockbuster in the charts. Wow. But they made they made their money back. 
No, they well. It was never they number made it back, one. But it they was didn't never number it. one. No, at the box office. No. Whoa! What came out the same time as Batman? Oh, okay. Oh, I read we, this. we can I check read this. this. No, I read we can this check today. it. We can check it. Do you know it fell off sixty percent in its second week? Whoa! That's huge. <laughs> yeah. That is huge. That, normally, they'll take movies out of theaters for that. <laughs> okay, keep talking while I'm searching. Mm-hmm. 60%. Um, Lost World came out before that, which I'll mention with the toys, because of the toy memories. Um, no, there was... Oh, Titanic. I think Titanic... Titanic was coming out, was it not? I don't think so. I feel I read Titanic was coming, but it might have been later in that summer that took number one. June June Cause this 20th. Opened, yeah, this opened June 20th, 97. And domestically it made 107 million 325. So that's why, again, so that's failure why, Yeah, to be, considered, to be considered a success, you, your domestic take has to be more than your... Okay. But again, worldwide, it's it's pretty great. Okay, let me just. I mean, see. at least it didn't lose. Now, there's a lot to like. I mean, obviously, I like the Batman '60s series, so I'm not going to hate on this for its campy element. It's certainly going to appeal to me, and I love that Barbara Ling, the production designer, was quoted as, "She made Gotham like a World's Fair on ecstasy," which is a fantastic yeah, description because agree, it's pretty out there. I agree with that. <laughs> Uh, Warner Brothers spent an extra $125 million just on marketing and promotion of the film. With Entertainment Tonight, now I remember this, February 19th, it 1997. Actually, it, it opened number one. Did it? Yeah, I, I, it opened number one, and number two was My Best Friend's Wedding. And Con Air was in theaters, Jurassic, Jurassic World was in theaters, yeah. Speed 2 Cruise Control was in theaters. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. I thought it didn't get Fifth rid of Element. It. They were all in theaters at that Where time. Where did I leave that it wasn't number one at the. Maybe for the summer. Like to carry through. Yeah, but I don't think. After that first week. Anyway, you know the trailer for this, and I remember this. Debuted February 19th, 97 on Entertainment Tonight. Yep, I watched I it. I recorded it. it. I recorded it too. Yep. And the opening. Do you remember how the trailer started? Allow me to break the ice. Yes. My name is Freeze. <laughs> Learn it well. Because it will be the sound, sound of your doom. doom. Yeah. And then it was like really lame. And then a, partner, a partnership in Jeopardy. <laughs> you don't trust me. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, it got knocked from number one the next week to number three. Got knocked out by Face Off. Face Off. That and, was the movie. And Hercules, Disney Hercules, went from number 11 to number 2 and beat it. Now, see, that's pretty pathetic. That's terrible. It took in a respectable $15 million in the second week, though. That's not bad. Yeah, mostly all negative reviews. New York Times' Janet Maslin praised <laughs> Uma Thurman's performance in it, and that, and that was it. Janet Nazel of the New York Times says, save <laughs> oh, your money. Well, it did get the third highest opening in 1997. Opening weekend gross, 
$42,872,000. So what had the highest opening in 1997? I don't know. Jurassic Park or Titanic? I would assume Titanic. Lost World, I don't think, got it. Um, During the Arkham Escape, you know how they show the Riddler in Two-Face costumes? Yeah. Originally, he wanted several villains to appear and watch them escape from their cells. Yeah. Which, you know, that would have been cool. But going through the cast, so we talked George Clooney. He's doing the ER. Came in. Yeah. Thoughts on George Clooney? Good Bruce. We talked Batman. about this on Good Bruce, Bad another Batman. podcast episode. Yeah. And he was okay. And I like the story, like with Alfred. There's a lot of good moments there. Like I said, Good Bruce, Bad Batman. I freeze. I'm Batman. That's not bad for Bruce. I, I could see that. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Completely batshit insane, over the top. I love it. Okay. And you know what? Every time I watch it now, even I love more, Arnold I like liners. Yeah. There's so much to do. And we're going to talk about lines. Like, you can just endlessly quote them. Like I do Poison Ivy lines. Which brings Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Amazing. I don't think she's amazing. I think she is good, but... And do you know she's one of the only ones who doesn't look back on this movie and, like, negatively blast it? She actually says it's her first, like, major Hollywood blockbuster experience, and she enjoyed it. Probably one of the only people to say that. (laughs) How did Alicia Silverstone feel? Uh, unfortunately, not the same. She did not have a good experience outside of working with George Clooney and Michael Gulf, who was back for the fourth time as Alfred. Yeah. Uh, To the extent that there was controversy of a joke gone awry, but also a lot of Batgirl scenes cut because Alicia Silverstone apparently gained some weight during the shoot, which screwed up the Batgirl wardrobe, and thus they had to cut several scenes. And I guess she took a lot of online flack for that. She's awful Batgirl. And community. I also, for a fan of female characters, I also do not like... She is blonde. Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. She has a freaking mask that is like Robin's mask. Right there on the cup. But they put that stupid mask on her for two seconds. And, well, that that would have looked better. That the, the cowl looked okay. But they wanted her beautiful blonde hair to flow out. Well, the original sketch and why the figure's like that. Yes. She didn't even have her hair coming out of the mask. Exactly. It was a full pull-up, which I don't like that either. I would have been okay with just 66 hair out from under the cowl. Yeah. Which they, and she's not a redhead. Which they touched on. Yeah. She's not a redhead. So she the blonde Barbara she's not even, Wilson. Not even Barbara Gordon. Exactly. Because Pat Hingle, also back, only the second returning cast member. Um, no, there's someone else that's been in all four. Three of the four. No, she was in the first one, too. She was in the first one? Yeah, she's just in the crowd, though. Okay, because I've got... We're talking about... We're talking about... I've got Elizabeth Sanders as Gossip Gertie, who was... She's Gossip Gertie in two of them, and then Batman Returns. Uh, I still say she's Gossip Gertie in Batman Returns. He's like a boy. Exactly. Uh, That became a... Yeah, she's still Gossip Gertie. More like a penguin. (laughs) Bob Kane's wife, by the way, Mm -hmm. is Elizabeth Sanders. So that that was my note there. Uh, Alicia Silverstone, yeah... Yeah, it was awful. definitely not clueless. Awful. And 
And you know, like they didn't even have anyone else in mind. I don't, I can't understand this. And he wasn't really her uncle. No, well, there was a deleted scene that it was or, like adopted niece. And it's not his sister. Yeah, the, the, it was like his ex-girlfriend. There was a whole complicated yeah. thing. I I don't even know. I but like I made a note on that somewhere. Yeah. And why do they change their suits at the end? Oh, because they're they're anti-icing suits. No, they're not. They're yes, regular they are. Fucking they're suits. anti-icing suits, and that was supposed to be addressed in some deleted scene or something. Okay, Maybe it's why in the book she have where one? Mister Freeze goes to get the costume or blast the costume or something, and it it reflects his ice or I don't know. It it was it was. But a, why does she? By have the way, Pat Hingle was as Commissioner Gordon, established Commissioner Gordon, was deemed too old to legitimately have a Barbara Gordon aged daughter, and that's why they didn't go with Barbara Gordon. I would I would have bought it. I wouldn't have cared. Just stick with Barbara Gordon. So lame. Yeah, like so lame. He could have been old enough. Who yeah, knows? she wasn't coming back, right? Some say she was, some said she wasn't. I read one thing that she was set to come back, and others said she wasn't going to come back. Well, they do end with the three of them running. Yeah, so I would I would go more along the lines of she was coming back, along with Coolio as <laughs> Jonathan Crane. You know what would have been cool, though? And unfortunately, with the failure of this movie, uh, Tim Burton, who was not involved, is the only one of the four where Tim Burton was not involved in any capacity, not you, even as producer. I bet you a million dollars he wasn't involved in Batman Forever either. Yeah, he was. He was producer. No. He even talks about that. But was he producer? He was like was a he there executive every producer day? consultant. No, it was like, here, go away. We're going to give you producer something. credit. Yes, okay. But he was working on Superman Lives yeah. at the time when Nicolas Cage is Superman, which would have saw a crossover and George Clooney as Batman nope. would have appeared in that according to a note. Nope. It's supposed to be it was supposed to be Michael Keaton. It was still supposed to be Michael Keaton, yeah. so that so the Clooney That's, thing was wrong. So Batman was supposed to appear and they wanted Michael Keaton to do it. Well that would have been a lot better yeah. as well. Uh, they this, didn't bring Clooney back for no. This uh, well, George, after the failure, George Clooney vowed never again to reprise the role. Uh, now this I do remember, and this makes so much more sense to me that Batman and Robin was originally the title of Batman Three, and Batman Forever was Batman Forever, and then for some stupid reason they changed the titles. <laughs> so uh, you know, I've never heard that, but that never? makes more sense. Uh, and talk about someone that Poison Ivy could have been in Batman 3, Schumacher considered it, and he wanted Nicole Kidman to play her, but then they had the Chase Meridian character, and Nicole Kidman was cast as that, so Ivy got pushed to this movie. But that would have been, a Nicole Kidman, Poison Ivy would have been something quite different as well. And Jennifer Love Hewitt did audition for the role of Batgirl. Would have been better. <laughs> I agree. And... I think you know this. Darkstone definitely would. Batgirl costume used in 2002-2003 Birds of Prey television series. It was repainted for Dina Meyer. I always thought it looked like it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know it? <laughs> no. For sure? Okay. Um, I got I got a couple. Uh, the, the McGregor Syndrome illness, by the way, was named after producer Peter McGregor Scott. Uh, is not obviously a real... Uh, one. 
3.8 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database is what this film's currently sitting at in ranking. That's so bad. <laughs> I just noted that down because I couldn't believe it when I was just going through it. just caught my eye. What was interesting, uh, Schwarzenegger had heart surgery after filming completed, and this is why he didn't come back till 99 in End of Days. And Jeep Swenson also died two months after the film release. Okay, when Batman goes into the Mr. Freeze rocket, do you notice in the scene he's limping into the rocket? No. In one scene? It's because he injured himself playing basketball, and they actually cut around the Batman costume, and he's wearing a cast on his foot. But I noticed this limp, and I couldn't figure out when did he get hurt. I always noticed that, so that was interesting. You know, they had Freeze do the uh, ADR for when he's, like, dying at the end? when they had Arnold do it in the hospital. Oh, really? So he was, like, fresh off the surgery. Oh, yeah. so that's why it sounds really good. There's a lot of ADR in this movie, which you Oh, you can tell. tell. Uh, I, I wouldn't have minded this. A Robin Nightwing spinoff was planned. Chris O'Donnell was attached to that. He is Nightwing. In, like, look at the... Count. Well, well that's right. what the costume was inspired yeah. by, this blue and red one. Um... That's all I got until... Oh, we're going back to characters we were talking about. So Alfred's back, and we got Pat Hingle back. Um, and we have Ella McPherson as Judy Madison. So, I mean, again, you're talking about Akiva Goldsman and Batman and bringing in Batman lore and characters. Julie Madison is a major Batman character at the time. She was a socialite character first appeared in Detective Comics number 31 in September 1939 and was Batman's first significant romantic interest. Wasn't that Vicki Vale? No. Judy Madison. Vicki so Vale was in the comics. Though. Yeah, but no. Judy Madison was one of the first. So they incorporated, they, you know, they did some fan service there. And I think Ellen McPherson did great as a socialite character. She's Al definitely McPherson. snobby. Ellen McPherson. Uh, and she was doing a lot of but she wasn't she wasn't snobby on that yeah she is no she's not if you look Gossip Gertie I think goes to shake her hand or something and she doesn't even shake her hand she snubs her and then uh, now apparently there's a thing of is she or isn't she Bruce's fiance in this movie and then that's why they have the whole talk where he sees Ivy there was a deleted scene where he was on call me Ivy on Ivy uh, dust and he just publicly breaks up with her Oh, yeah? And that would have been cool, which brings me on to this awesomeness, which I would have loved to see. And it was cut because it was just too dark for the tone of the movie. And apparently it's in this book right here, and that's Julie Madison's Killed by Poison Ivy uh, in the scene right around where, uh, before or after she got the keys to the bat signal. And it's by the same knife that she later pulls out and uses in her fight with Batgirl. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Look at that. You learn <laughs> something new every day. So, I mean, that would have been something to actually have her kill Judy Madison. I think that would have made tremendous different impact. I said Judy. Julie Madison. And then they also, you know, thought about her coming back. But if I can just gloat more about Uma Thurman we got to talk about one of my favorite villain entrances in the history of a superhero movie. And that would be what's dubbed the Hot Voodoo Musical Number Performance. Who dubbed that? That's online. It's Hot Voodoo. Okay. Uh, it is amazing. 
and I love everything about that music, that scene. It is so when she has the, over the top. When she has like, the, the jungle suit thing, on? the gorilla suit, and oh. then she reveals herself in that great outfit that they never made her action figure in, except for the twelve inch, which I didn't buy that time with you and Julian. The and figure, the figures don't look like her at all. No, not really. The like, the, the doll head. somewhat did that twelve inch one. Yeah. Uh, but that entrance there, and going back to just another many Poison Ivy-related things that I wanted to bring into a wrestling show. I wanted to debut some kind of character I was managing. Or me. With a gorilla suit? No, with the whole walking and have the different hench people create the steps. So you walk out during uh, like a strong musical score. And right. I thought that'd be awesome. Uh, this uh, no, this is going even back, and we did a lot of crazy promos, Steve, in New School Wrestling in 2006. But we wouldn't have did that. One of them, one of them, I wanted to do, <laughs> and I think it's going even going back to Prodigy or Josh Taylor was a behind the a, a behind the scenes promo where someone says to me, you know, it's like Davenport, you just met one of the most you know sinister men in the locker room or something, and I go, that is not a man, that is a guy. I was obsessed. I always wanted to do that promo, and I oh never got God. to do that promo. <laughs> but any of my campiness, she turned. She, she's the only true villain. She is right? the true villain in this. She is evil. She goes to kill Nora Freeze. Yep. I mean, really kill her. Like I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug. This is a one-woman show. Obviously, with me and the toys, I wanted a Batgirl Poison Ivy fight. I got one. So that right away, I loved, you know, I loved it. There are so many other Uma Thurman things in this, and it just explains a lot. If Kurt listens to this, he'll say, oh, this explains why Jeff says all these corny one-liners. Yeah. And it's probably, like, even where they're talking about the costume or whatever, and she goes, I'll help you grab your rocks. Like there's so many hilarious lines that I love and use. I, I don't think I ever said I'll help you grab your rocks to anything in a wrestling promo, but not yet. <laughs> that won't happen now. But uh, just a ton of poison ivy awesomeness in this movie. And we're just carrying on and on and on. Yeah, I don't know if, no. if we're, we're at good. 38 minutes. We're at 38 minutes. We're doing well. So we've covered covered this cast. Uh, Vendela, and I didn't write. Let's just admit, down. though, it's not a good movie. It's a fun. It's it's just. Like, a, I can admit it is it's not a, a good movie. movie. It's just pure nonsense in all the the right glorious ways. And wrecked superhero movies set them back. It did. It did. Uh, even studio exec said that we could learn. We can learn from this movie. It's a very important movie in the history of comic book movies. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that. When this opened, I saw it in theaters with my mom and dad. It was huge because I was getting the toys. We'll talk about the toys shortly uh, and a movie book. But then this movie also holds a very important distinction in my life because it's the only movie that I saw with both my Nana and Baba grandparents at the same time in the movie theater. It's the only one, eh? Yeah. We went on Brand Street, and I remember we watched it, and that was my second time. Why I saw it twice in theaters, and that was the second time, but it was the only one that they both came to see it. 
because I'd see some movies with uh, my Bob and my grandpa sometimes, but never the both of them at the same time. That's cool. Because Nana didn't really go to the movies. Yeah. Well, that's a good memory. So that's a good memory. And that, that was also really the first movie and going with them where I started to become more aware or conscientious of age and like, you know, death. And that even with them that, you know, eventually there could be age and disease like Alfred suffering. So I'll always correlate that with thinking about them. Even though they were fine, I even got another, you know, six years with my grandpa after that. So, but it's just like one of those little memories at that age of whatever I was, 13. I think it was 13. I don't know. So long ago. Yeah, 13. <laughs> yeah, 23 years ago. Yeah. But that, that was my little bit there. And did you see it? You saw it, obviously. I saw it in theaters, in a packed theater. Then I had to sit on the stairs. On the it stairs? So yeah, me, yeah. my dad, and his girlfriend at the time sat on the stairs. Which theater? We saw this at the Coliseum. Grant Street Silver City just opened up. Coliseum, uh, Coliseum 10, it was called. Uh, in Brampton? In, by Square One. Okay. Uh, it, it was the first movie I saw there. Nice. Actually, the Brant Street, that was moved. Oh, no, wait a minute. Lost World. No, Lost World, I saw at Harvester Road. So, yes, Brant Street just opened up that theater. And I also remember feeling it wasn't very good. And, like, I remember my dad and his girlfriend, like, that was really good. I was never disappointed by it. I was. Like, let down. I, I don't think I... I felt so let down. I'm trying to... You, do you want to know what movie I felt let down? That I shit on this movie when it came out? Superman Returns? Batman Begins. Well, that's your fault. Because <laughs> there was no, like, female characters. <laughs> like, there was no female action figure. So, I couldn't get into it. That That's totally the reason why. I guarantee uh, that's No comment. Why. That's why. No, I didn't enjoy it as much. I later enjoyed it. I like Scarecrow. I like Scarecrow in it. I grew to enjoy it, but I did not like it anywhere near. Uh, I'm pretty sure I remember the you level. Remember you looking for that brown to color? Yeah, there. you got them. Yeah, I was into it, but I wasn't head over heels over Batman Begins until much later, probably closer to Dark Knight. Sadly, this was a movie that got me out of Batman. Collecting. See, I just move on because now I was down. wrestling Jurassic. Uh, I was getting into other stuff. The horror toys were coming out. A lot. I mean, this was right on the cusp, I'd say, of me diving full into horror and kind of leaving some of this stuff. Like I bought. Know, I had a lot of figures. I had a Mister Freeze. But we're we're gonna talk about the figures. Should we just jump to that? Because I know. Oh, Might this as well. this is interesting. I, do you know? I just learned today where the hell and I should have known this. The Wayne Enterprise lab was where Poison Ivy worked and Jason Woodrow. Where was it? Brazil. Okay. What's the significance? It's just the Brazilian forest. That's oh. that's where they were, and I never knew exactly. I always wonder where they were because you knew they bring a flight in, and then they steal the limousine. So uh, that would have been that. And then we had the Taco Bell promotion, these cups right here that we're talking about. I mean, that was a lot of fun. And I had uh, Ottawa trip 
with my grade 7 class. So even though I had the cups, I rebought. These are probably the two cups when we stopped for lunch at Taco Bell. And then I also got a couple of figures because my lunch money, I wouldn't spend it all and I'd save it. I'd go to the Zellers. I wouldn't care about being with the rest of my class. I mean, you know me. You can pretty much see that. Yeah. They'd be all wherever the hell and you weren't supposed to leave the group. I don't care. I would just travel off my own merry way down these streets of, of Ottawa. And I ended up in this like indoor mall with the Zellers. Picked up some figures. Black's Photography had a movie book. I was going to talk about that in my merch line. But the very first toys I got was at Walmart, at the old Walmart location just across Niagara Falls, New York here. Do you remember where it was before it moved to where it is now? Yeah. And it was just kind of down the road from Kmart. Yeah. The other way. Yeah. And the Lost World Jurassic Park toys had come out. This was around March or April. Ooh, did you grab a ninety-seven? Yes, right away. So I had all of them right away. Then we went back down. And this was probably April or early May, and they started putting out the figures. Yeah. So right away, my mom and dad got me the Silver Batman Bane two-pack, and Nana and Baba got me the Poison Ivy Robin two-pack, because then I'd, I'd have them the off the bat. red Robin? The red Robin, yeah. And the cool Poison Ivy, which I'd say is almost one of the closest to her she, outfit. She's better, yeah. Yeah. So those are my first four figures from Batman and Robin from the Batman and Robin movie right there. And then, of course, looking on the back, I wanted them. This was the only movie where I went, like, full-fledged into having all these figures again. Okay. And it was, and I just, I couldn't remember exactly why in June we were going up to Allison, so I mentioned to my mom today, and she helped clarify this, that it was for Father's Day 97 that we went up, but we stopped at Dorval Drive Toys R Us, and, like, Nana and Bob were there, my mom and dad, and we walked in, and they had just slew, like, you talk about readily available product, every figure was there. So right away, grab Bane, grab Batgirl single, Mr. Freeze, which didn't look like Arnold at all, it was that other Mr. Freeze. He actually really does look like him, though. If you look at the face... It does. does it's just it? He's wearing those goggles that he the, wears in the movie. I for would one say second. the one with the vehicle, which I have written here, um, looks more like it. Which I think appeared in the video game uh, from the footage I saw. But okay, so we're talking toys. We love the toys. That was my first experience with the toys. And then the rest I got from that same reliable Aldershot Zellers as the Batman Returns figures all those years before. I think I got... So I got all of them. First thing I got was either Freeze or Robin with the Redbird cycle. Okay, I never had that. Because I, ha- I love the motorcycle. I only got a few vehicles, but I'm going to go through. So the two-pack, the Batman and Bane... The Batman and Robin. And then they also had Batman and Robin in the Covert Strike outfit, which was their blue and silver. Okay. From the finale. Uh, there was another one with him in, like, a green outfit, Robin in green, but I didn't get that one. Uh, vehicles playsets. The Batmobile. Yeah, I think Which I think we've all talked about. is the least favorite Batmobile. There was also a remote control version. I have it now. Oh, do you have it now? I have it now, but I don't. I didn't have it then. All right, these came out. I think one of them came out later, closer to '98, and I would have loved it. The cryo freeze chamber. Yeah. And Those the ice fortress. Sets. Yeah. 
Um, those were used. Those were reused for Batman animated series line after it was like Joker's Toxic Lab. The Toxic Lab was re. I thought that yeah. was a new one. No, it was I'd have re-used. to check that Toy Fair magazine, which I found. It was repainted. In, uh, yeah. The Jet Blade, which is like Batman's ski, yeah, Batwing looking yeah. thing. Um, Ice Glow, which is uh, another little vehicle. The thing Robin had with the fan. No, I'll get to that because that I had. Uh, this made no sense to me at all, but I think it would have been cool to get. In Batman and Robin packaging, they called it the Triple Action Vehicle Set with the Batman Forever Batmobile that also became the Batwing and the Batboat. I had that. I talked about that on the podcast. Did I you? I, I had it recently <laughs> because I started collecting all the Batmobiles, and I couldn't ever find the new one, the Mattel uh Batman 66. Oh, the one Batmobile. I was talking about. I could never find it, so I just kind of get rid of them. I kept the the Bat Missile, like Burton Batmobile, and I have the Batman and Robin one because no one ever wants it. But the other one, I never I, even I, I, got, I, got rid I didn't of. get vehicles. That green one was awesome. You pulled off the front. Yeah. You put the the front. It was like the Bat Boat. And slid it in Bat Boat. Then you pulled it out, and then you took the car and you sat it on like a base with wheels. And it was a Batmobile. Then you take it out, and then you put the wings on, and it's a bat plane. So that's cool. I cool. think I would. But '97, like again, we're in Hasbro Kenner years. Uh, I just wanted the figures, and I love them. But at the same time, there's so much. There was the Spawn movie figures. There was the Jacks Rustin figures. See, I think I got more into there the was... Spawn movie figures. But I only had, I only had a couple of those. I had the like homeless Spawn and like the actual Spawn. And I, I bet you can guess my first Spawn movie figure that Priest. I was all about getting. Priest. Jessica Priest, that's right. The character that's not even a real freaking character. In the well, she's inspired by another J- uh, what is it, Jason Priest? No, some other Priest uh, character. Uh, but uh, Played by Melinda Clark, who's amazing. I met her, what, last year? Two years ago? Anyway, the Wayne Manor Batcave, which I believe somebody has, which is just the I do. I do yeah, have it. In yep. box. In the box. But well, it's just the repaint. Well, yeah, it's with the box. Like, yeah, it's been open. I, I take. I, oh, was it? I open? normally take it out and display. Okay. It. Yeah. All right. Uh, so deluxe figures. Another one I got on Dorval Drive that day was Batgirl with the Ice Strike Cycle. Cycle. I yep. like that Batgirl. She was in the silver, but again, no hair. That none of the five-inch Batgirls. Because it, it was all. It was all concept art. Yeah. Well, we get back to Mister Freeze, who they did fix, but not yet. Batman Aerial Combat. Batman Blastwing, Batman Rooftop Pursuit, Ice Terror, Mr. Freeze. So that's the one with his little vehicle. Okay. His, like, dragster thing. And and that was a cool one. I like that Mr. Freeze as well. Uh, Aerial Defender Robin. Glacier Battle Battle Robin is the one with Robin in a silver outfit with that fan thing. Okay. Uh, there was also Robin Wing Blast and Robin's Redbird Cycle, which you said you had. I had. Uh, Fujifilm did a mail order uh, Batman only and then the first basic line was Bane, Batgirl one of my favorites, heat scan Batman, do you remember that? with the the red like yeah. blasting things yeah. that one I got for sure, that was the one I got on my school trip 100% okay. uh, hover attack Batman which actually was the only grey suited like almost closest to movie costume Batman but he didn't come with a cape Okay. which would bug me, so I had to take the plastic keep off the silver one and put it on this one to get normal Batman. I don't know if you did that, but that's no, what I did. I didn't buy any Batman. 
No? no well, what about this one? Battle Gear Bruce Wayne. George Clooney's face. Nope. On didn't that. get it. I, I taught, I'm telling you, I was not interested once... Once the movie came out, I had... But you didn't have these toys before the movie came before out? Before the movie... All these toys I, I, I had about the, was before the before movie. Before the movie, I had Red Bird, the Red Bird Cycle. I had Mr. Freeze. I believe I had Poison Ivy. Now, did you have Ice Blast Mr. Freeze, which is the one with the rockets? Like that, the, he had the rockets down on his... And then you would stick them in his... In his boot? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that's that... That's the first Mr. Freeze, and yeah. it had, like, translucent... Which is better... Than the one that comes later, the one that comes no later, way. The one, one that comes, comes later, later is if totally... it had the translucent stuff, it'd be way better. Uh, I agree. It was supposed to be chrome, but they cheapened out and painted it gray. Yeah, because the movie bombed. Jungle Venom Poison Ivy, and uh, I do like that she came with her vine accessory. There was two. There was um, Poison Ivy. For some reason, her figure didn't have artwork. It was a it was photo just the figure. the figure. I got that noted here. And the one I kept in box, because it was actually Uma Thurman's sketch yeah. in that outfit. Yeah, it's like they after yeah. yeah, released it with the artwork, which was awesome. It was a running change. So uh, I think it was actually the artwork was first. Iceboard Robin, and then Razor Strike Robin Dick Grayson. No. And that was I had that. I think one. I had, that was I, like with Snap On Ice, and he was in a white Ice Man white shirt. Yeah. And oh yeah yeah yeah, I had that. I had that. Yeah, because it's just Dick Grayson. Had that that these red Snap On pieces. I was gonna bring some of the toys, but I didn't dig out the they're, bin. They're literally all in my storage. And um, and then later, see, I didn't write down season two, but I know when that second, what I call the proper Mister Freeze came out, which also came out in a in a two pack as yeah. well. And they're frosty. Uh, frostbite. Frostbite. Yeah. yeah. Came out. But Which I don't remember. was the first one I bought when recollecting them. Do you remember the Frostbite used to be everywhere? Because by then nobody was buying them. Yeah. Like, we're talking like Christmas and 97. And that's what I mean. I never bought them because I was like, nope. I was out. I was totally out, man. It, it, that's amazing that yeah. you were that stricken by this. And it was just like, eh, maybe one day. Like, I don't remember overly playing with these figures. I had the hype, and then I'll admit it died down. Now, the home video release got me back into it a little bit. Again. Is that the one that... Did that come out on Halloween, or was it Batman uh, Returns? Right, no, just no. like Batman Returns, close to my birthday. Yeah. Uh, October 21st, 97. And... I didn't even buy the VHS. What? Oh, yeah. we had a pre-order from up, Jumbo. I ended up getting the DVD years later. Wow. And what I'll always remember special about this VHS was because we had just got our big screen TV for our house in Kiwade, which we moved to back when the movie came out in the spring. So And it had this freeze frame feature on it. So when Poison Ivy came on, I was playing with the freeze frame and it would grab it and put this little freeze frame square that I could just move around the screen. So that's how I remember that movie. It was the first one I watched on this new TV. My little two cents there of memory of that. Yeah, I think at that point, like 97... Going into like ninety eight, so I was like, so going into that year was like grade eight, and in yeah, grade, grade eight, eight was. I was into wrestlers, like it was all WWE. Yeah, and I mean I, that. Let's I would say, get that's the greatest era of wrestling. Yeah, bone nobody crunch. at us about that bone, because we'll shut bone, you down. Bone quick. crunch figures are still the best figures. I I will fight anybody who says otherwise. And it when was they went from era. when they went from bone crunch figures to Titantron. That was the end of the they, wrestling. They figures. became a little garbage there. Uh, later, a couple weeks but, later. 
I would still buy the odd superhero thing. Like, I remember summer 99, we went to Darien Lake. We stayed at the hotel. And the last day coming home, we went to the mall. And we went to the, the outlet mall. KB was there. And I was looking. We went to we went to Eastern Hills Mall first. They had a KB. And okay. I bought a rock figure that came with a cookie sheet. Yeah. And I bought the dumpster because, like, they had the grapple gear, but they had, like, KB exclusive ones. So I bought the dumpster and a couple of that things. But the last day, we went to we went to KB. And it was the outlet, and it had, like, the special edition figure. So it had, like, uh, Shamrock with not gold, not yellow. I remember the special. They re released Sable in a single they, they pack. Re-released, in the dress, yeah, you know? they re released people, but there was Dan Severin, and I was going to get them. But I ended up getting. Uh, their X-Men figures, Toy Biz X-Men figures, or just Marvel figures, were three for ten, and they had X-Men, like, oh, yeah. Age of Apocalypse Yeah, X-Men. I got that from KV2 at Summit Park Mall. And he, they had him, and they had the Alpha Flight figures, which were all two packs, and they were three for ten, so I got, it was like Snowbird, and Puck, and then I got Sasquatch, and, no, 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 no. It was Puck and... No, it was the Vindicator girl, Heather Hudson, and... I don't have a clue who we're talking about. I have to look at them. I have to look at those. But anyways, instead of wrestlers, I bought that. And that was really bizarre because I was normally all all in on for, wrestlers, at, on wrestlers at the time. I mean, that, yeah, I'll admit, by then, wrestlers had pretty much taken over my toy life. Um, the like, Lost in Space figures would come out in spring of '98. I was into Star Wars too. Oh, Star Wars! But I wasn't. But, but see, even by then, Phantom I was Menace, drifting. Phantom Menace got me out of it. Hey, don't change your story. You blame Attack of the Clones for getting you out of those. No, 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 no. Figures. Phantom Menace is when I started to like Do get out of down? it. Okay. But then I worked at Walmart, and they literally were selling for a dollar ninety nine. So I started getting, I would go and get the cases, all the hard ones, and i put them aside till my shift was over, and I'd buy them, but then the Attack of the Clones one came out, and I was just like, that's it, they changed <laughs> the packaging, I'm I'm done. Uh, even by 98, yeah, the Star Wars was starting to dwindle down for me, because 97 was such a huge year for Star Wars, I didn't mention that earlier. Oh yeah, so I, that's what I got, I got... North Star and his sister, oh, okay. Aurora, See, I don't even remember and I got Heather ones. Hudson and... Um, I feel Sasquatch. Silver Snail had those yeah. sets. But that's what I got, that in X-Men. But, yeah, man. I think Justice League Unlimited figures are what slowly brought me back into superhero collecting, like, all the time. But Marvel Legends, That's a good thing, because sure. I'm Marvel trying to Legends. think, like, I didn't really get many Batman. No, maybe a couple, like animated series and there was some great animated st- series stuff that came out but I didn't really get now I'm going to tell anything. you now Ninja Turtles 2003 they, they make it like Farlin Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze done easy they make Uma Thurman Poison Ivy we talked about that when I'm, I got the Funko I'm in. Pop I'm in. of her that's the only one I need for for all those Batman Pops See? Only one I and need. I don't have the rest of them except for the cow one which you helped find me and poison ivy which i'm so happy i got uh other marketing stuff for this so we're talking about 
offset of the toys at the same time. And we saw these at a toy show recently, was the Kellogg's Serial 3D Lenticular covers, yep. which they made Batman and Robin, Batman, Robin, Mr. Freeze, and Batgirl. Yep. And I'm pretty sure I had all of them. It I don't know where they are Corn now. Pops. Raisin Bran. They had corn one, Flakes. Uh, Black's movie program I talked about. Movie theater, there were little magnets, a set of five squares, and I feel I either had the Poison Ivy one, or I've seen these, because they were just those, like, regular square magnets, but of course they had all the lead five. Uh, bed sheets, which you talked about a blanket. They had comic book adaptation, as usual, and then the collector's preview magazine, which I also had talked about. So, home video... It's October 21st in VHS and Laserdisc. It's funny because VHS advertises DVD, but I couldn't find record that the DVD actually came out at that time. It might have, because that was like early stages. So if it did, that means that we got a VHS, Laserdisc, and DVD format. Which I don't know Whoa. many that got all three of those at the immediate release time. You know? Batman and but toy, I'll always look fondly. You know what I did though? It's funny; I, those figures literally pegged warmed forever. That's I why bought you can doubles. Go to a, that's why you can go to a toy show and buy them for ten bucks. I bought doubles because I repainted the one poison ivy into her red and black, okay. like her outfit to fight Batgirl. Um, but I used this model craft paint, and it went all sticky because yeah, it was in summer paint. of '97. Model paint is the worst. Yeah, and it became all sticky. So that was my botched attempt there at that. Uh, the video game came out, which I don't have. I just watched a bit of footage from Acclaim Entertainment. I, it's got 98 listed on it, so I don't even think it came out in 97. I didn't even know there was a video game. There was a video game. PlayStation. I saw some footage of it today. It looks like it's quite glitchy and not favorable. Of course. What else is new? Like the whole movie. I was going to <laughs> try before we did this podcast to call around and see if I could find a copy, and then I thought, no, I'm just not spending money on that to get a video game thing and talk about it for two seconds. Huh? Yeah. But Steve, we haven't talked about one major release that accompanied this movie. In fact, it came out May 27th, almost a month before the movie. What was that? And we're staring at it right now on this dashboard. Oh, the CD. <laughs> which I know you wanted to dive into and talk about. Well, it just... It was not as good as the... Batman Forever soundtrack to me. I agree. Uh, songs, I don't like it at all. The songs I remember the most are uh, Gotham City by uh, Mr. R. Kelly. Uh, the Smash and Pumpkin song, The End is the Beginning is the End. Won a Grammy Award for Best Hard Rock Performance at the 40th Grammy Awards. Why... There's the end is the beginning is the end and then the beginning is the end is the beginning. Well, it was just the they're, end is the two, beginning that they're won. They're two different songs. <laughs> the end, the beginning is the end is the beginning was actually in the trailer for Watchmen as well. See, uh, that's a, a tri nice tribute. I remember there. the Bone Thugs and Harmony song, Look Into My Eyes. I remember R. Kelly, Gotham City. And the song that shouldn't be on here at all, Jewel foolish games I don't know why it's on here it's did it not appear at all in the movie nope at no no time at all at not no the bike point. race nothing. no point <laughs> well don't smash the CD that's the only copy God of it I have it. 
but no. <laughs> you got the liner notes. Maybe you could read why it's in there. Oh. But, you know, we talked about... Do they get the lyrics? We talked about uh, the soundtrack and the score. Now, I love the Danny Elfman score, but I equally love the scores of now, Batman Forever. This is what I remember being up in theaters. Oh, there it is. The pullout with the... All ca- the I forgot that was on the CD. That's I would love a plaque mount of that blown yeah. up in my living room. And I remember seeing this picture. Because they did individual posters. And I was like, oh my God, is he Nightwing? Because he doesn't have like the Robin colors. Yeah. But look yeah. at that Poison Ivy costume. That even, was great. Even Batgirl looks pretty decent there. Yeah, the promo pictures were but great. I thought Freeze was great. Thurman. I love those eye things. Oh, yeah. I had to get glasses for the first time in my life. And so you got them made like that? No, can you imagine? <laughs> Don't put it past me, but I specifically bought black frames that had these, like, green, almost gradient and vine-looking things on them just because of, of Poison Ivy. Uh, but, no, Elliot Goldenthal did the score mm-hmm. uh, for this one, and I like it. I have no do you have any issue with the score? I don't I mind it. I, t- I talked about it on Batman Fair because they pretty much just use the same yeah, score. It is, yeah. Uh, but in the trailers for both Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, they use the... Um, the Elfin score? Yeah. <laughs> like the end when it like pans up in the first yeah. one. But yeah. Yeah. Batman and Robin. There it is. You'll never get another like it. But boy, it's... That's a good thing. That's a good thing. (laughs) That is a good thing. Uh, For one of my movies, you remember Jordan, Reese's Uh, ex-girlfriend? I tried to paint her eyes so it would kind of imitate the poison eye um, eye pieces. It didn't work. But uh, when am I cutting a promo for NSW? I work in some of these great Poison Ivy. Uh, never, never, <laughs> never. It's never happening. And I'm not doing it. No, that's awful. Jeez. <laughs> the guideline. So, but here we go. Oh, you know what? I had. Um, where was all that? Where was that shit? I had a whole. Oh yeah. All right, let's do final thoughts on Batman and Robin, and then we'll go on to a couple quick notes for Batman Unchained. Final thoughts? It's campy as hell. It's not very good, but I love it. And there like, is so much. Like I said, it's my. It's like my niche. Uh, niche. Niche. Uh, my niche. Uh, guilty pleasure. Like I started just buying the figures which led to me buying the some Batman Forever ones, some Batman Returns ones and getting Dark Knight Collection ones but my goal for this is to get all the characters I have a Poison Ivy, I have a Freeze I have two Freezes, I have both Freezes it's three no but I have, freezes, I have the two like the first one released and I have the next one when they change it okay so you don't have the vehicle it. one I don't have a Batman I have a Dick Grayson. So I need a Batman, I need a Robin, and I need Bane. I see him, but people are always trying to get one. Nah, I see him everywhere. He's just not ten bucks. That's my rule. I will not pay more than ten bucks for him. (laughs) There is a nostalgia factor now about 
this movie that it was such a turning point because even as you got to 2000s then we got more good Marvel stuff like the X-Men movie yeah that changed the tone of comic book movies and brought them to a new level so yeah. I mean it's just a fun movie and you could watch it and you could either be high as a kite or completely sober, yeah. and you're gonna take something away as long as you go into it to have fun. Don't be a snot-nosed prude. Yeah. Uh, to enjoy a Batman from movie. you, that's that's why I said amazing. it. <laughs> uh, Irony. <laughs> I find, uh, like I said, it's bad, but uh, at the same time, watch, watch this person's gonna drive over the curb here. <laughs> I watched four people do it today. Did they? Yeah. Since we've been sitting See, here. See, the Perkins parking See, lot. Oh, he did drive over it. Because wow. it, goes, it goes up there. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, when you want to get to Toys R Us and you're you too lazy to go back get on the Toys road, R Us. you just drive over the median. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it like I said, I, I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's fun to watch. It's a total popcorn movie. Uh, you ready for this hot take? Go. It's my second favorite film of in the first four movies. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, but that's yeah, hot take. It's my third. Uh, but no. So like, we should do our ranking. We can rank them. We'll okay. rank them once I'm finished this point. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, it's always been good fun for me, and. That's why I started collecting the figures. And like I said, I bought a beach towel. I just think there's a lot of fun memories yeah. around it. It was a good time. I don't have any negative memories around Except for this the movie, movie itself. Except for the movie itself is negative. <laughs> but, but is it? No, it, it was is. at the time, but it is though. Like it wrecked it it's pretty much why we didn't get Superman Lives. Yeah. You know? It like it wrecked a lot of stuff for a long time. Uh, George Clooney apparently was rumored that if you meet him in person and you tell him about the movie, he'll sometimes like give you ten bucks and say, "I'm so sorry that you paid to see that movie." Really? He's been known to do that. That's apparently, a, that's hilarious. <laughs> but it, I think George Clooney's been in a lot worse movies. If we're going to be frank here. Yeah. So, that's, I guess he doesn't remember seeing Return of the Killer Tomatoes. He's in that. Is he? I think I, I own that one. But, uh, yeah. If I were to rank them from my favorite to least favorite, like, I don't start, even know if it's start favorite. least favorite and go to the top. I'm, I'll put it, anticlimactic, I'll put, I'll put it, I'll put it more, that, I'll put it more. No, go top to bottom, top, top, favorite to least. I don't think it's, like, favorite. It's, like, one I'm most likely to watch. Okay, go. All four movies, one to four, with your top being your favorite. Start at the top. Like I said, I, I can't say favorite, but if I'm picking them to watch... Yes, because, I mean... It's going to be, it's gonna be Batman 89. Okay, that's your number one. Yeah. Creme de la creme. Then it's probably this. Then Batman... Batman, is, say it. Then Batman, Batman is your forever. number two as well? What? Batman it's not Robin. my number two. Like I'm not saying favorite. I'm saying so. You're most, ranking them, but, but based with a on disclaimer, based on if I were to watch them, okay, I would watch them in this order. All right. If I'm going okay. from, All if right. I'm going, All from, right. Okay. If I'm going from favorite to All right, let's least do that. favorite, favorite to least favorite. Yeah. Here we go. Batman. Okay. Batman for Batman Forever. Batman and Robin. Batman Returns. Sorry. Wow. It's just 
Okay. Too all much right. Tim Burton. All right. All right. Equally, Batman Returns, which we all know, yeah. is my number one. Number two, Batman and Robin. Number three, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. See? Least favorite Batman 89. See? Because you're mental. <laughs> and you know what? You mentioned about Mask of the Phantasm. Batman Sub-Zero came out same year yeah. as Batman and Robin. I don't know if you're doing a full episode on it or if not. If I'm going to, it's going to be short. But people were to, concerned. People were concerned when this movie bombed, how it would affect that one. It and actually didn't come out the same year. It came out the no, next year. No, it was supposed to come. Time. It was supposed to come out the same time, and they held off until later in the year. I thought. I think it was late ninety-seven. I think it was to the next. Year. I don't think it was ninety-eight, but it got favorable reviews, and it didn't damage it at all. And people found it way more enjoyable, and the depiction of Mister Freeze a lot better, a lot more, almost more mature. I haven't seen it's it more mature in movie. a while, and the last time I saw it. Like, I think I've only tried to watch it twice, and then both times I fell asleep. I felt, yeah. I, 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 would, I, would I would give it a go. And I was excited for it, because like in the preview, it showed Batgirl, it showed Robin. Yeah. It showed, and, you know, I will say this. Chris O'Donnell's Robin was not too bad. In comparison <sighs> to Batman the Animated Series Robin, they were both lippy. No. They're both sarcastic. They were not, neither Lauren, of them were. Lauren Lester's portrayal of Robin is way better than fucking... Oops, I swore. Than Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell is awful as Robin. He should have never been cast. I almost want to see what they were going to do with... Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? No, with, oh. with Marlon Wayans. Oh. Uh -huh. Like... Going back to that one. So... Okay. We talked about it. You know we've never had Robin in Batman movies since... Because of how bad Chris O'Donnell Chris O'Donnell... I don't think that's the reason. I guarantee it wasn't that's why. It wasn't that. You know what? I like him in... Um, oh, hell. I watch... I even watch the series sometimes. Los Angeles. The, but we're not talking I about know, him... I, <laughs> on something else. We're talking about him playing Robin. Yeah, and I think he was a little annoying. He was... He was no. A, he, he was He, he was, was complaining, but he had some good stuff. You know what? You and Kurt would probably say, yeah, because he's a whiny bitch like you are. They're talking about me. No. He's just dumb. Uh, I would have killed Two-Face. And then I save him. You just should have freaking killed him. And and Bruce ends up listening to what a point that Robin spouted to him before he went off to Poison Ivy. But then at least Robin listened to Batman and they did the rubber lips thing. So... But I love. There's a great line where uh, friend, he's like partner, arguing. Friend, yeah, partner, brother. <laughs> he's arguing. Will you help me? He's arguing about boys I would be bad. And George Clooney, the delivery is probably my favorite George Clooney line in the whole movie. He's like, she's trying to kill you, dick, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, Batman Unchained. Just uh, just to go on to something quickly in that trailer. The only time you see Bane is when he's ripping down the bat signal, and in that trailer they you're like, hype that you're like, oh my god, Bane's in this movie! Holy shit! Like I remember as a kid, like this guy just showed up in comics. He's in the movie already. Yeah. Like, and what is this? And he's tearing it apart, and then you see him. And it's like it's a fat guy. And they hyped Bane so much. I remember saying he gets the bat signal. I guess like in the comics, or he rips it up. 
And I remember it was a lot of hype. And the first news I got was around January or February. And it was in uh, Wizard Magazine, I think. And it was a shot of Poison Ivy in her, like, throne chair with the vines. And Bane just standing there to the side. And that's where I first learned Bane was in the movie. And I thought it was going to be super cool. And again, they mentioned he tears up the bat signal. So awful. The, figures, uh, the Bane could have been a lot better. Figures, and Antonio Diego is not even the name of Bane. Bane's just Bane. So they added that Antonio Diego. No, he has bit. a name. He, has a, he does he, have a name? Yeah. I could not find a name in my research. Uh, he does. and He's, he's like, the son of uh, somebody. He's the son of... Um, oh, that... Uh, Bane is the son of uh, Batman villain King Snake. Yeah, I knew that. But Bane in the comics... It's just Bane. ...is super freaking smart. Yes. He broke every villain out of Arkham... And Batman fought them all, arrested them all, was exhausted, like, dead, followed him back to the Batcave, kicked his ass to kill Robert. Like, I, we didn't back. even get Bane doing the classic backbreak. At least we got it in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I wonder what would break first, your mind or your body? <laughs> I... I I'll defend some things about Batman and Robin. I feel like it's all I've done, even though it's not my favorite you one. You can't defend. I cannot the defend Bane. Bane. I cannot defend Bane. If even Bane looked like how his action figure, swim. his action figure was awesome. Came with this swinging like sickle knife thing. Looks nothing like the figure. I know, but He's imagine if he was in the there. arm like it is. But it's not like that. It's not a the thing on his chest, and it goes into his head. Yeah, the the venom. All right, but anyway, about Batman Five, Akiva Goldsman turned down scripting it, and this was before Batman and Robin came out, so they didn't even know how that was going to go. Mark Prodosevich was hired to write it, and they were gearing it for a mid nineteen ninety nine release. Again, way too quick. Uh, yeah. So again, they were going to hot shot it. They already had Coolio for Scarecrow, even though we don't know how much locked in that was. I assume it was. I think that's bullshit. But I think I the coolest thing was going to be that the fear toxin was going to bring back Jack Nicholson as Joker for a scene. It's going to bring back everyone. Uh, they say it would have been the most expensive scene in the history yeah, of Yeah, because he was going to see it. And Harley Quinn was supposed to be in it as well because she was gaining popularity at the time. And, as, and But they were going to have Harley as Joker's daughter. Yeah. Um, so that's, Courtney, that's all I Courtney got. Love was... Oh, was she? Well, they wanted Courtney Love to play her. I still would have settled for a Batman five. I, I, I never picked I up honestly, a series. I'm telling you right now, that movie was never going to be the way that because Joel Schumacher's like, oh, it was going to be dark and this and that. Like, the studio would not let you do that, especially because they're already geared. And would she blame Batman and Robin being like mindset to toyetic was a word and family friendly. And then he's shooting it like a cartoon anyway, so what's what's the difference? Exactly. Like, you could make a toyetic movie and it not be, like, so ridiculous. Oh, my God. Well, that dragon's been slayed. But I think I think we killed it on this. Huh? For a, a, a box office bomb, bomb and one of the most instrumental in a negative aspect movies of all time. Yep. And we just nailed it on a one-hour podcast review episode. I mean, this plus. is great. One hour plus. Yep. 
See, unlike my contract, I gave you extra time. Look at that. Look at this. <laughs> Look at Arnie over here giving us extra time. All right. So, where can we find you, Jeff? All right. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at KDavJeff. And uh, I don't add on Facebook, so that's fine. I say that every time now. What about Diamond Tiger? Yeah, uh, well, at DTiger and on Twitter, I think. I don't know still what I'm doing with that. I think I'm changing that whole page around to just my old movies and art projects and and just love of toys. So maybe more of like a retrospective thing, posting just stuff See, that would be I fun. have. That would be fun. Uh, you can find me, Renowned Brown, on Twitter, Renowned Crusher on Instagram. Go to Multiverse Legends, my figure photography page. Go to... Huh? When Geeks Collide. Well, yeah. You can check out NSW. You know, I've uh, got an eye pay-per-view coming up November 1st. Way more details going to be released about that. It's going to be pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, When Geeks Collide. We're on Twitter, WGC Network. Instagram, When Geeks Collide. YouTube.com slash When Geeks Collide. Facebook.com slash When Geeks Collide. And if you're not listening to this on Anchor and you're listening to it on Spotify, another person going over the curb, you can find all of our podcasts at uh, anchor.fm slash WGC Network. And you can find everything we talk about, plus more, at sunsetcrypt.com. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Sunsetcrypt.com. Uh, thank you once again, Steve. No, uh, thanks for coming back. Yes. Over and over again. Uh, I'll return at some point. But for now, this nicely concludes yep. this nice arc. And, and for those wondering, I did I do bring props. Yeah, he's bring... got props. Yeah. I'm going to take pictures of them, and I'm going to post them on the Instagram. Can you digitally add these Ivy Flare things to my glasses? I'll find out how. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This has been Steve, Jeff. Thanks, everyone. And uh, all you crazy cats and kittens, have fun. Geeks out. Oh, yeah.